It's another episode of Film Streak. My name is Rob, and I have a special guest, co-host. What are we, what are we calling you? Um, your name. Say your name. Uh, Pedro Rivas. And you are with? I'm with the Houston Latino Film Festival. One, I'm the program director and one of the co-founders. All right. So thanks for, uh, thanks for coming along and joining me for this. Um, one thing uh, I want to make sure to, to say right off the top is thanks to you, to Dave, to David, the whole film festival, all that for, one, for having this festival. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing, and I've talked about it in the previous episodes that we did at the festival earlier this year, but uh, I just want to make sure to say it. For anybody who's listening, if you're in Houston area, if you're not, um, it's worth looking into this festival, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely, and thanks for always attending and supporting, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting thing to watch the progression and the growth and people, new people coming in, new faces. And I think the idea that you're showing films and you're bringing films to the Houston community that you may not get to see here. I think that's an important thing. And, yeah. and I know I've told you before that uh, before now, but um, uh, I think uh, for anybody who's still curious or still not sure what the festival is, um, you want to tell them a little bit about the types of films or the goal of the festival? Yeah. Um, so it's a five-day film festival now. started from being a three-day um, back in 2016. And it's uh, the programming we do. It's films from all over the world, um, including the U.S., of course, um, South America, Spain, Portugal, um, as well as other countries if there is a uh, Hispanic or Latino uh, above the line um, person involved in the filmmaking, such as director, producer, writer, actor, actress. Um, and so the films we try to show here in Houston are typically films that are in their festival run. Um, so it's not something you could find streaming yet um, or ever, you know, depending on if, if it gets distribution or not, um, or if they find a way or if they put it on YouTube. Um, so we, okay. we try to make it unique in that it's something that hasn't screened yet, um, or may potentially not screen. And so at that time during the festival, we're the only place where you could watch it in the city of Houston. In the last couple of years, we've been adding, um, like art exhibitions, um, since we we get the gallery at the match now, mm-hmm. um, and as well as uh, local Latino authors and poets to do readings, and then this year we had uh, performance art, um, which we collaborated with the uh, the big picture queer show. Okay, uh, so that was really cool. I mean, because you have access to films everywhere you know, on your smart TV, your laptop, your phone. So we're trying to bring other elements of art into the festival. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And if you're coming to check out someone that you know, you know, that's going to do a poetry reading, you'll look around and be like, well, what's going on? And maybe check out one of the films, you know, or other events we have going on here. And so just a little bit about you, though. Um, one thing I like to ask uh, whenever I do get someone to join me here is um, what is your earliest film memory? Um, maybe, man, I, my dad, he used to show us films probably before we could were capable of creating memories. Okay. Um, but maybe like... When we went to the the wind chimes, or what used to be the wind chime cinema, it was like the Dollar Theater, and we saw I saw um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> okay, there yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Family, uh, right? So that that was a really cool experience. Okay, I remember that. Uh, what was that like? 1990, 89, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, that's kind of where I fall to. Is right in that time period. Of, yeah. Like for me, Batman was a big one. Oh yeah, you know I think that was right around that same time. Mm-hmm. We were big on doing Friday night rentals. Oh yeah, so we didn't really go to the movies a lot. Okay. Um, we went to like back in the day, Randalls and Kroger. They had their little videos uh-huh. corner rental corners, and we'd 
do our grocery shopping and then stopping. Yep. Rent a couple films. I remember that. And uh, during high school and college, I worked uh, when Albertsons was around. I worked in the video store there. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that's, I got to rent a lot of films for free. So that's where I picked up a lot of like different kinds of films because I'd go through all the new releases already. Yeah. And I was like, well, what else is in you know, these other sections. That, I mean, I worked one of my first jobs. Okay. My two first jobs. I don't remember if I've ever talked about in a previous episode, but my two first jobs, uh, I worked in a movie theater and I worked in a video store in a, in a rental, you know, tape VHS store. Yeah. And so that was all it was. It was movies day in, day out. Like I either go in when I could go sit in, in a, in a screening, watch a film or watch parts of it mm-hmm. and then have to like reassemble it in my mind of like, okay, I watched the first 30 minutes and then tomorrow I watched like the next 30 minutes. <laughs> um, or if I, when I was working at the video store, sometimes uh, in the store that I worked in, yeah. they play the whole movie. Yeah. It wasn't like trailers or like clips of it. Like, we'd sit there and put on Lethal Weapon or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I worked at Albertsons, we play movies yeah. uh, on this little uh, TV that was up in, in the top corner. And uh, whenever it was my shift, I, I put in some movies I wanted to check out. And, yeah. yeah. And then there were there were those moments where I'm like, oh, wait a minute, there are customers here. This might not be an appropriate yeah, movie. Yeah, I was reminded when a lady or a parent would be like, hey, should that be playing? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't know who put that on. I'll, I'll shut it off. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rushes to the VCR. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. I, I, I always kind of had a sense of what we talked about before, but I figure that um, that's a very specific uh, window in time of people's experience with films and home video specifically. Yeah, not just that. You, remember, I don't know if you ever saw it, like on basic, like, TV, uh, they used to do late night movies. Yeah. Uh, they used to do weekend movies. Mm-hmm. I, I watched so many movies that way. I didn't know some. a lot of them were edited at the right. time. But like the first time I ever watched The Graduate, mm. I watched it like on Channel 13 uh, midnight movie. Okay. And I thought it was one of the greatest films ever. And uh, I still <laughs> right. love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I've never heard of this movie. Where? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, you get really deep into late night, like the 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, where they throw on, like, some weird, obscure horror movie. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) can they show this on television? Because it was (laughs) still edited, of course, but it was pushing the envelope, at least for, what, the late 80s or 90s. And, and yeah, Sunday mornings, for me, it was always, like, there, there was a period there where they would show, like, old kung fu movies. Yeah. Like, on some of the syndicated channels here. Mm -hmm. And, uh... So it was always a matter of like, I, I just want to see this. This is, this is new. This is something I've never maybe encountered or you can't see in the theaters right now or you yeah. can't even rent. But it's just these weird movies that will show up every once in a while on television. Yep. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh, the, the experience of movies and movie going and, and following movies. And so that's kind of what, where this comes from is, you know, I think I've told you before, it's like I wanted to get out of that habit of watching the things I just like all the time and yeah. trying to watch some new stuff. And before we get into the, the films we want to talk about for this episode, is there any anything aside from these that you've seen that's maybe kind of left an impression or like surprised you in a way or? Um, yeah, I recently watched The Whale. Okay. Um, that that was a great movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. of a performance by Brendan Fraser. Um, that's an A24 film. It uh, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think um, because I heard you talking about it. Really? Okay, yeah, awesome. So I was like, you know what? I, I need to check it out finally. And so I did, and it was amazing. And yeah. I looked it up. Yeah, small budget. And yeah. I, it was based off a of play, apparently. Right. Because I was... I was kind of holding back because I thought, man, it just looks very grief stricken or like it's, it's just going to be bleak. sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, um, no, it ended up being, you know, not too sad, but it, I liked it. And so, and that's a great, I mean, that's a great film. It's a great um, mention. And it is, a, it, it actually works out. This is a pretty good segue into what we're going to talk about this episode. So, uh, so we'll get into it right now. 
Okay, here we go. Film streak 286, bodies, bodies, bodies. to play bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. Does anybody have service? Yeah. yeah. I'm a hot girl, hot girl, rich girl. Guys, I get so stressed out every time we play this. Someone always ends up crying. <laughs> so how do you play? If you draw the piece of paper that has the X on it, you are the murderer. Everyone else has to avoid being killed. What is that? Xanax, you want one? Yeah. What is happening? Our friend is dead. So if you could just like not escalate this situation, then I'm not escalating. You're holding the knife and you're moving your hands while you talk. That would be so fucking obvious if I were the killer. David. More. You're always gaslighting me. You fucking trigger me. You are so toxic. Relax, relax. You're silencing me. That all you got, motherfucker! Did you just fucking shoot me? I can't believe you're making this about you. What are the features that you're bringing? Well, to I just look like I fuck. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I look like I, I fuck. And that's the vibe I like to put out there. Yeah. All right, so here, this is a film from 2022, pretty recent, um, and it's from director Helena Rain. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, the cast, um, a few of the people that are recognizable to me at least, uh, Pete Davidson, I guess is probably the most that's probably the biggest name for me. Most recognizable, right? I didn't recognize anyone else. Uh, the only other person I really kind of had a handle on and was a little surprised by was Lee Pace, who is uh, the older guy in this cast. I think his name is Greg. Yeah. And I have a couple of thoughts on them in the film, but um, if we're also talking about the other cast members, we have Amanda Stenberg, uh, we have Maria Bakalova, who I think, if I remember right, was in a Sasha Baron Cohen movie. What was the... Uh, um, she played his daughter in... In the um, Borat film? The, the second Borat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so okay. I think that's who that is. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm trying to uh, connect some dots, I think. Anyway, um, the basic setup of this film is it's what, like a group of friends, they're hanging out, and... They start to play this game, right, called mm -hmm. Bodies, 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 where yeah. it's kind of like a put-on murder mystery type of thing. Someone pretends they're dead, and then everybody has, has to guess, what, who did it? Who the killer is. Right? Yeah. So it takes on the, like, the conventions or the tropes of a murder mystery, something mm -hmm. like Scream or, you know, pick a horror franchise, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, and then it, things start to turn sour when somebody does really end up dead. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and yet it's not really explained how or why. And I think that's part of the plot is discovering all of that by the end of the film. Um, for me, I think where this film kind of lands, though, like it's not it's it's horror in some ways. Like it has some suspense and it's got some gory moments, but it's also... I feel like it leans into some comedy a little bit. It definitely has some dark comedy to it. Right? Yeah. And and the thing I didn't really expect and I'm not I'm still not sure how I really feel about it though is the let's say the generational difference now. Like these characters in the film, they're all younger characters and they have a different sensibility about how they see this situation, like mm -hmm. even in terms of uh you know, you see a little bit of like the privilege that they're living, like the characters, their lifestyle, they have right. this big house and they're, you know, especially uh, all the girls, they seem very kind of, uh, to my mind, kind of overly sensitive about, you know, uh, social awareness and that kind of thing of like, you know, these things are offensive and, you know, these sort of... Uh, I don't know, they come off almost like crybabies in some moments. Yeah, even I think in the midst of 
trying to figure out who I think just killed somebody or who has a weapon. They were apologizing for exactly <laughs> making certain assumptions. I remember one girl, uh, she she had stated, I, I'm an ally. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. It's it's little things like that where I, I, I feel like I get the the intention there. Like it's yeah. a little bit maybe satirical. But at the same time, it's like, I, I, I don't know, this is my take on it. Maybe you feel differently, but I feel like, okay, this is a movie for, for this is a movie not for me, like for people <laughs> my age, right. you know, of my generation maybe, because I think that's, I don't want to say I'm old fashioned or anything, but it does feel very contemporary in terms of that, at least putting those sensitivities and that kind of stuff out there as part of these characters' weird neurotic behavior uh -huh. um, in the middle of this real murder mystery, right? So I, I, I guess that's part of the intention of the film is to shine a little bit of a harsh light on that. That was my take on it. Um, I don't know if it's entirely effective because it starts to feel genuine in some ways. Like, wait, did the filmmakers really feel like this? Like, we can't say certain things and we can't assume certain things. Like, is, is it more like the filmmakers preaching this or making fun of this? Yeah. I think uh, it's left ambiguous enough to where it works on both ways. Yeah. Uh, because at first I thought, Oh, okay, this is written for a specific age group audience when the film started, but then kind of towards the middle, middle end, I thought, oh, okay, no, this is for others to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, take a look into this lifestyle sure. or take a look into their thought processes and have fun with it yeah, or observe it. Right, okay. Yeah. Cause, and, and that's why I mentioned uh, earlier Lee Pace as Greg, mm -hmm. because he's clearly older than all the other characters. I mean, in real life, but also the character is supposed mm -hmm. to be, what, like 10, 10 or more years older? Yeah, I think he looked like he might have been supposed to be in his 30s, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if it's a spoiler at this point, but I think he's the first one. Technically, the, well, no, wait a minute. He's, he's one of the earlier ones to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's one of the earlier ones. Um, and actually, he was part of the foreshadowing as well. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, where we kind of thought, at least when I was watching it, I was like, oh, okay, did it? Because I, I knew that there was you know, yeah. going to be some murders. And I thought, okay, is he going to be the first? He's one of the first. Can, and maybe we can say, I, we can say, right? Think, it's like he brings out a sword at one point. Yeah. And yeah. it's in a, a very kind of, what, uh, flamboyant uh, display where he, what, what is that called? Where you take the sword and you pull the cork out of the bottle? Oh, uh, uh, I remember that scene. Uh, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> right, but I'm saying, like, when that happens early in the film, yeah. you kind of think, okay, well, he's just being a show-off. Yeah. Little do you maybe realize, oh, that's going to come back to mean something later. <laughs> yeah, I took it as that that old rule that about whether you're watching a stage play or a film. Yeah, there's a gun on the wall, hanging on the wall. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's going to be used. Yeah. So he literally took that sword off the wall, mm -hmm. and you know, that's it definitely right. yeah. was had a big role in the film later. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's where I came down is like I wasn't sure necessarily how to feel about the characters. I think the plot and the way they navigated that of this mystery and who finds out what, when, you know, the, the, that can get kind of tangled and messy in the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. And it certainly happened in other films like this. This one, I think because it does work on a pretense, not actual, uh, like you don't actually see a murderer, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You see murders. So it's never really clear, like, what is this film kind of, what's driving this film? Until you get to the end, and then you realize, oh, that's yeah. what happened. Um, it's so a modern, modern day whodunit. Yeah. A modern day Agatha Christie type film where you just keep finding bodies and trying to figure out the crime. Right. It's, it's for a younger generation, and they've contemporized it. Yeah. Uh, which 
it's a movie I didn't want to like, right? But I respect it by the end. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, it's it's not one that I would necessarily go out and watch again anytime soon. But yeah. I I respect the idea of taking this formula mm-hmm. and shifting some things around and maybe updating it, making it a little more contemporary, but also kind of subverting the expectations of like, yeah, there is no, well, maybe there is no killer. Yeah. And when everybody turns on each other, then that's when the suspicion and all the, you know, the backstabbing, so to speak, (laughs) uh, comes into play because nobody knows who did these murders. Yeah. And even with some of the arguments they get into at some point, um, it kind of made it to where I almost didn't care anymore who the killer was because I was so absorbed in in their drama. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, are they really yelling about text messages? Right, exactly. <laughs> While they're covered in blood and <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out who has a gun and it's know. it's one of those that I think if you take it too seriously, if you really kind of stick so closely to this <laughs> is a horror movie you're going to maybe have the wrong read on it. Like you have to be able to step back just a touch and realize, oh yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like these characters <laughs> arguing over this in this moment with this whole situation going on. And and the one thing I would say is like, I, I feel like it's, a, I feel like it's a little bit cheap to, to make Pete Davidson like the name. Uh-huh. And let's just say he doesn't make it through the movie and he doesn't even make it very far into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it. You got to get eyeballs and you got to get attention. Um, I would have liked to maybe seen a little more of him. That's all I'm saying is, is I feel like he's a comedian, but also an actor. And I would have wanted to see a little more of that. So, um, so I don't know. Any other thoughts on? I was surprised at how absorbed I was into it by the end. Um, because like I said, when it first started and Pete Davidson's character, I, I didn't like it mm-hmm. at first. And then I thought, maybe I don't like Pete Davidson. Then I thought, no, it's the fact that they're making him unlikable. Right. And he was actually doing a really good job at Mm -hmm. making me not like him, you know? (laughs) Um, I mean, I still have to see what his future will be like in film. Right. Um, But... uh, But yeah, I guess guess as the movie kind of progressed and things were happening in, in ways I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. um because yeah everybody was pointing at each other yeah and like i said at one point i i didn't even worry anymore about who the killer was i i, they, I almost thought maybe there it, it doesn't matter because maybe there isn't you know any i guess real point to mm-hmm. the I guess the violence more so their reactions to it yeah it's the you know? that interpersonal kind of uh the dynamic changes every time someone else shows up dead yeah. because then it's like suspicion starts flying around and paranoia and, of course, the fear and all that. And it, I, I think it's an interesting look at, like, maybe people who are young today, mm-hmm. right, versus the 70s, 80s, whatever, who maybe don't know how to handle this or handle it differently at least, yeah. right, than maybe what we've been taught by movies in the past. <laughs> I don't think it'll go down as a cult classic or anything, but, um, I mean, if you have time to kill, uh, I think you'd have fun watching it. Yeah, it's it's entertaining enough. Yeah, I'll give it that, for yeah. sure. For sure. All right, here we go. Film Streak 287, After Sun. I love you. Love you. No. Why? And there's this feeling, once you leave where you're from, that you don't totally belong there again. You know, I want you to know that you can talk to me about anything. Whatever parties you go to, boys you meet, drugs you take. Dad! Oh my god, what even is that? These are my moves. Stop, that's so embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. You okay through there? I don't know, I guess. I just feel a bit down or something. 
What you mean? Don't you ever feel like tired and down and feels like your bones don't work, like you're sinking? You never know where you'll end up, though. You can live wherever you want to live. Whoever you want to be. You have time. And this is a, a film by writer and director Charlotte Wells. And Pedro, this was your or one of your selections that we wanted to maybe talk about for this episode. Mm -hmm. So um, why don't you tell me a little bit about what maybe appealed to you or, or what you thought of the film? Uh, so I've been kind of following Paul Mescal's film choices or career mm -hmm. choices lately. I, the first time I saw him was on a show called Normal People. Really great show. So after that, I was curious to see what other work he'd done. Yeah. And um, for this one, I believe he was nominated for uh, Best Actor mm -hmm. at the Oscars. So um, that kind of intrigued me more. And I knew it was going to have, uh, you know, a father-daughter kind of type story. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wasn't sure where they were going to go with it. Um, but uh, I ended up liking it. So I want to I want to also comment on that because Paul mm -hmm. Mescal, like I, I hadn't seen Normal People. Okay. Um, I'd heard about it. I've heard some people tell me good things about it. Mm -hmm. So I, it is on my list of things to see. Um, but I remember that uh, at the Oscars, and I thought, okay, well, this is, seemed really out of left field. But it was one of those. Where I'm like, okay, well. I'm going to put that on the list and we'll get to it. I, I want to see what that's about. Um, and one of the things I, I, I found as I was kind of looking into it uh, before I watched it is that this is um, apparently or, or supposedly based on a, on a real um, a real vacation that the writer and director, Charlotte Wells, that she had with her father, right? So I don't know if it's entirely autobiographical or... or uh, accurate in terms of that, but it at least inspired by some real events and some real relationship issues, I guess. Um, and you, you want to talk about sort of the premise of the film? And yeah. Um, so it's um, the father and daughter, they are having a vacation, I believe in a Turkish hotel, um, and then just doing uh, like day trips. Um, and I believe he's either separated from or divorced from uh, his wife, her mother. Um, but they still have um, it's not uh, custody for joint custody. Or yeah, and yeah. and apparently they have like a good relationship still. Yeah, because uh, at one point on the phone he still says he loves her, mm -hmm. and uh, which seems unusual for people that are divorced. But he refers to her as family, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's. Throughout the film, you're you're kind of watching their interactions and how she very much loves him, but he's also clearly in secret, but not to the audience, struggling with depression. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it 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 really takes a hold of him in certain moments throughout the film, and it's not something that she's really aware of until probably later in life. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's. Kind of like her looking back. That that's something that that was actually more of a surprise to me is watching the film uh, and and the the actor that plays his daughter Sophie, mm -hmm. um, Frankie Corio, as uh, I think she's like eleven, thirteen. Yeah, she made that movie. very young, but yeah. she really nails this role of a daughter who is aware and she's. She's noticing something, but she doesn't know what it, she's not old enough to know what that is. No. She just knows something's a little off, maybe, but she's still a kid also. So it's a real balance of showing that kind of youth and innocence in a way, but still recognizing something's off, you know, yeah. like even some of her reactions to his behavior, like uh, the, there's the moment where 
she gets up on stage. She wants to pull him up there to do karaoke or something like that. Yep. Right. And he's like, nope, he doesn't want to do it. And she doesn't really understand why other than, you know, maybe he's just being mean, being, you know, being mean a mean dad or in a way. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Not fun. So she takes that as, you know, as a child would take it as like it hurts, mm-hmm. but it hurts her because it it's him denying her, not because of what he's going through. Right. She doesn't understand that part of it. So um, that's really interesting to see uh, such a young actor find that that line of being aware, but also being kind of oblivious, like to the bigger struggle that he's dealing with. Yeah. You know? you know? Yeah, because it takes place in the 90s, right? Right. Because I didn't see any cell phones or anything. Um, so I kind of figured in with the music that they had playing, um, yeah. I assumed it was in the 90s, so something like trying to reach out for help. It's not something that was around as much mm-hmm. as it is now. Yeah. Um, and I actually wondered if maybe the, uh, the I guess, his family coming apart may have partly had to do because of his depression. You know, maybe it's something that either the wife pushed him out yeah. Um, for the sake of the family, or he removed himself for the sake of the family. That's interesting, because I was actually thinking almost the opposite. Of that he was depressed because of the... Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it, it plays a lot of it in sort of vague terms, mm-hmm. like where you're not really sure what happened when yeah. in terms of the past. You're just seeing them in the present and then somewhat into the future, right? Yeah. Like some what, 10 years later maybe or, or something like that, once Sophie has grown, you catch a few moments where she's recognizing these things about her father, right? Yeah, because she has her own partner and, mm-hmm. and family, um, but she's together with hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it takes place on both, I think she's his age when she's grown up, like 30? Yeah, maybe so, yeah. Because I remember maybe her partner yeah. says happy birthday. Right, right, right. Up, and then it's his birthday in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, and so, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I took it as he was just someone that there's just some people. I don't know if it's in, whether in film or in real life, there's just a darkness or a cloud that follows them. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they just remove themselves from sure. other people's lives to right. because they feel like a burden, even mm-hmm. though they they're not. Mm hmm. And and I think that's um, it's an interesting way for this film to kind of come at that subject matter because it's not so on the nose and it's not so spelled out for you. You have to like watch these characters go through these moments and and kind of suss that out for yourself, right? Like, yeah. To, which, to, speaking of which, you're right. It's not clear because you could tell by the camera work as well. <laughs> like <laughs> they were showing us angles or reflections yeah. of reflections. Yeah. Like, I remember at one point. They're watching some footage on the TV, and there's a little sliver of a mirror behind. Uh-huh. And then I see the reflection of them trying to watch the film from that mirror, and then the reflection of them in the mirror. Right. Where sometimes I remember they were, I'm just looking at like an electrical socket centered mm-hmm. while he's doing Tai Chi on the side. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, that frustrated me at first because I didn't understand what what the idea was there. Like I even wrote it down here in some notes. Yeah. The, there are mo- many moments in the film where there are these slow, like panning shots and it's not really clear what I'm supposed to be looking at. And, and even what I'm supposed to be thinking, like, what am I supposed to get out of this shot? Like what, what is the intention here? And I guess maybe part of that is by design. Yeah. Is, Cause I think a lot of those shots, they started to be more centered and more clear towards mm-hmm. the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, yeah, I, I felt like, OK, they're, they're making us work for this. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, that's fine. There's nothing I mean, wrong with that. Yeah. I, I don't mind the movie challenging me. You it's, know, it's like I felt it was showing the daughter's perspective how everything wasn't clear in the beginning. She could only see a certain side of it. Or right. How maybe she's remembering the conversation they had while he's like swimming underwater for the mask, or, uh-huh. you know, um, it's everything was always kind of off to the side of her memory, maybe just waiting for when she got older yeah. for her to kind of look at it with 
clear eyes. And that, that's, man, that's an interesting point because I, I've always thought that, and I, and I probably mentioned that in regards to other films, mm-hmm. is when you have a character kind of experiencing or, or reflecting on the past, and you know, it, it reminds me, it, it should remind, I guess, the viewer that your memory, whether it's nostalgia or trying to recall something, it's not a, it's not 100%. It's not a picture. It's it's like it's cloudy sometimes and sometimes it's vague and it's it can even change over time, you know. Yeah. You can remember it a certain way 10 years ago and then in the current day remember it another way mm-hmm. and maybe not realize it until you're swapping that story with someone else. Yeah. And- or you're at that same like let's say point in life where you're like, "Oh, I see that whole incident different now." You know, yeah, and I, and I think that's kind of where this film is trying to get us is Sophie sees this vacation one way in the moment, mm-hmm. but then as she grows up and reaches that same age or that same point in life, she realizes, oh, wait, there was a whole other layer to everything that was happening that week or weekend uh, in Turkey. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I I think that's a really interesting way to to tell that kind of a story because I feel like it could be much more linear and much more direct. Um, but here, yeah, it, it does challenge you and it does make you work a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to say, I, I just have it here. I wrote down, there's a scene where under pressure is playing. And this was a moment in the film where I thought, wait a minute, I've, I've heard this song so many times, you know, just listening to music. Um, but also in movies. Like, I've heard it in so many other movies. Yeah. And usually it's... I want to say, like, the way it's used in this film, because it's not just the song playing. Like, they actually deconstruct the song a little bit. The and, lyrics were pretty clear yeah. as they were dancing. Yeah. And he's chanting Last Dance. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I just thought, wow, okay, now here's a really... For a song I've heard in a lot of other movies... Here's a really interesting, kind of inventive way to use it. Yep. And maybe it's the one point in the movie where it really does just kind of hit right on the nose, but I think it works. Absolutely. It made me look at the song a whole different way after that. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Uh. I mean, there and there are other songs in the film that, and I think it's to establish partly the time yeah. that's taken place, mm-hmm. but put it this way, it was just much more effective than other places I've seen some of these songs. Um, so, uh, you know, all in all, I, I was kind of surprised. I wasn't sure what to expect. I actually almost watched this uh, for a previous episode um, where I was doing a, a, a series of movies about fathers and daughters. Mm. And this seemed to really kind of line up with that. But... I, I had enough for that episode, and also yeah. this, I wasn't really sure. Like, even the, the trailer and some of the promotional stuff, if, if you just go by that, I don't know if it's entirely clear. And I could see it's a hard film to promote um, yeah. because of the you're dealing with emotional baggage type themes. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's one you're either going to watch it because... Paul Mescal or right. A24, mm-hmm. uh, which those are both the reasons yeah. why I, I was intrigued. And, you know, the Oscar nod. Right, well, right, Which right. I still don't know how he got nominated for that film, but I can't say I saw all the other ones. He didn't do a bad job, but I didn't see him do anything different from other films I've seen. I mean, I, I, I'm I can, not going to hate on it, but I, I can, it I can was res- a mystery. I can respect the idea of really dialing it back, really playing it understated, mm-hmm. but I feel like with the wrong in the wrong hands that can just look like not acting i mean it can look like you know what i mean no i I see what you're saying actually yeah because to try and play somebody that's all the pain is inside yeah um i'm really glad they didn't overdo it yeah it was just all it was so subtle yeah, yeah yeah i mean and and part of it is even i think even with the editing, because it, it does kind of go back and forth. I mean, there are moments where Sophie and Callum, right? That's that's uh, mm-hmm. Paul Moscow's character, where they are together, they're doing activities or they're talking to each other. But there are also moments where they're apart, 
And I think those are the moments where it really sells, oh, here's what he's going through. Because she's not there, so he can kind of let that guard down for a moment. Yeah. Like, I remember the thing with the carpet. Yeah, money right? was such a big issue throughout this film. Yeah. Uh, and he splurges. Yeah. But if you think of it, there's some people, you know, who deal with, like, their emotions by by going shopping, mm -hmm. you know, buying a bunch of stuff they don't mm -hmm. need. Uh, Retail therapy. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was like one of them emo college kids and I'd mm -hmm. go and buy CDs or movies. You yeah. Know? I was like, that was my comfort, you know. Sure, sure. Um, obviously different from what's happening in the film because right. the thing was like eight, over 800 pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So for someone that didn't mon have money, but I feel like, I guess he bought it for her or left it to her. Because she had it hanging in her room. That was kind of my take on yeah. it, is, is he somehow came around to uh, a, a different, he saw a different value in it. It's not just a memory of him, it's a memory of that trip. Right. You right. know, that's hanging over her that whole time. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel like when you see those moments where he's by himself, and that's where... I guess that's where the film tries to connect. Like, there's something else going on. Like, he's yeah. he's really troubled. And yeah. he doesn't show it around her. So it can be a little bit confusing for a viewer if you're not really, like, dialed into the nuances. But, you know, I guess that's the idea is this is trying to tell this story in a, in a more grounded way. Like, it's not... Over, overly dramatized. Mm -hmm. It's like a person struggling with this kind of thing. Yeah, it it may be a thing that is hidden, yeah. that you don't see. You know, so um, overall, I mean, I think it's a great a great effort. Um, I I wish there were maybe a little more. Uh, you know, because you speak about the the way like how you can promote a film like this, and and I think it doesn't have a lot of a plot. Like, there's not a big driving. And so I've seen films like this before, though, yeah. where uh, someone's spending time with their kid on a vacation, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I think Sofia Coppola did it with the film Somewhere. Okay. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that one. Okay. Uh, but then you'll have someone else that did it for, like, Little Miss Sunshine, yeah. which was based on the writer's memories of their, mm -hmm. what, some road trip they had. Awesome. Success. Funny. You know? I guess because I'm more used to that as like a as a device, and so when it's kind of not here, yeah, it is more of a of a struggle to to hang with it and watch what happens. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there wasn't really a main plot. Um, it's maybe borderline experimental at times. Yes, yeah. um, but I was kind of engrossed in the things that she was observing for the first time because you see the close-ups of like maybe a boy's hand on mm -hmm. a girl's back, mm -hmm. you know, or people making out, um, or she sees how, I mean, she's obviously getting close to, I guess, preteen stage. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. looking at things differently, right? you know, aside of also trying to kind of manage whatever's going on with dad, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It plays on some really deep and very, uh, subtle layers of emotions and uh, feelings that I, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for. I, I yeah. mean, like she's growing, like she's saying adult things, mm -hmm. like not throughout the whole thing. You know, yeah. She wants to have fun, but one of the most adult things she had said, like during that, I think, karaoke moment mm -hmm. when the dad tries to apologize, but actually, no, he doesn't try to apologize yet. He just says, if you want singing lessons, I get you singing lessons. Right. And she throws back, don't make promises of things we can't afford. Mm -hmm. You can't afford. You don't have money, you know? <laughs> right. Because that's all he's been complaining of. I mean, they even, like, steal a dinner earlier. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. Film. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they throw rolls at a group and run away. And Yeah. And so when she said that, it was just like a dig at him. And I was like, well, how's he going to react to this? And yeah. His way was just to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's... Uh, that's a really interesting portrait of, of a character, uh, of a person who's struggling and can't even necessarily react in, yeah. in, a, in a, a reasonable or, or even comprehensible way. You know, it's just like, I, yeah. I don't know how to handle this. So I thought it was dealt with elegantly. Yeah. And I mean, even not having like a huge plot, it was a great film of 
us observing potentially one of the last vacations, mm -hmm. you know, uh, she may have had with her dad and, and at a certain age in her life while she's observing certain things around, you know, her mm -hmm. life. Definitely, if, if it's streaming on one of the platforms that you have, then yeah, take yeah, some time, sure. watch it, put your phone down because you really got to pay attention to all the little nuances and yeah. little details of this movie because you'll miss them. All right, here we go. Next one up, Film Streak 288, Talk to Me. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mom leaves at nine. So, so you're ten. <laughs> yes! So where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. <gasps> Haley, fucking stop it, he's choking! Oh. 83 seconds, get it off him! <laughs> What if we open the door, but you didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on! The spirits, they followed us. Oh, we have to do something. You want to do it again? They're not going to stop. What was it? What? I don't know! I let you in. I let you in. Oh my god. All right, so this is a, a relatively new film, and a matter of fact, I think it's actually um on the way to being released, if not released by the time you're hearing this. Uh, this is a film that we got to see uh, as, a, I guess, as a sneak peek, as an advanced screening. Yeah, someone from A24 reached out to the festival, Houston Latino Film Festival, and they were kind enough to uh, donate a few tickets for a sneak preview. And then uh, we donated that to the volunteer and staff of HLFF. So that was really... It was really cool to have that happen, um, and so I, I certainly I'm always up for watching a new film. And hey, yeah, a film that's not even out yet. Yeah, I'll take a look. Yeah, um, I didn't realize this was even an Australian film. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, so going into it um, right away, uh, almost like After Sun, like there's a little bit of a different sensibility, I think. And even the, uh, the premise here, you know, this is a, a little bit of, a, well, it's a horror movie, essentially, but it is, it kind of, let's say, revolves around this hand that is, at first, it seems like a game. Right. But we have these characters, these young characters that are sharing video clips or they're watching video clips online of other kids at parties interacting with this hand and they're going into this weird like almost like zombie state or or i, I they're like possessed, possessed yeah. state and it's strange that none of them really seem to think anything of that like this is just accepted like this is just what happens when you do this when you play this game and so right away i'm just like wait what like wouldn't everybody freak out if they saw this <laughs> video clip of this, you know, kid kind of convulsing with the black eyes and saying weird things. So already there's like an immediate adjustment you have to make of like, okay, well, this is just a real thing that happens. Yep. All that said, the idea of the characters that we're introduced to who are, um, well, we have Mia, who is, I guess, our main character, um, and she, her friend Jade, 
and his brother, her brother, Riley, which is the youngest mm-hmm. of the group. And because they're, they're like in a single parent household, there's a lot of liberties being taken. It's like, yeah, you want to have your friends over, hang out, play this weird game, whatever. It's, it's very much like from a teenager's point of view, I feel like. They're in high school, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's my understanding. Yeah. And so this kind of thing gets passed. And there is like an establishing scene of how this game works, mm-hmm. right? Like where they say, here's what you do, here's what happens. And we see a little bit of the experience. And it kind of operates on that mode for a little bit until Riley, who is the young brother, he plays the game. And everybody kind of... Uh, Tries to like warn him away from it, like, nah, you're too young, you don't know what this is. Yeah. And what well, he, he kind of insists or someone else kind of lets him do it. Yeah. And then that's when I think the film, I guess, really takes off. Like it goes in a whole new direction now. Yeah. I'm not really clear on the rules of how this game works, like because it is supernatural. Oh, well, that's what it is. The ghost is Mia's mother, if I remember right. Mm. It could be. I, I think it's influencing or making her think it's her mother. Right. Okay. Fair point. Fair um, point. Because it never really showed her mother being, like, mean in some of the flashbacks. Right. Right. Because uh, Mia herself, she lives with, her or spends a lot of time with this family, not mm-hmm. so much with her father. Right. Okay. As they're dealing with the aftermath of yeah. uh, the, the mother's suicide. So that's where I feel like the film... Because I thought, okay, well, we have a, another kind of teen uh, horror, murder, mystery kind of thing Based going off on. off of a game. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, it seems like I just saw this film. Yeah. What I think it really tries to tackle is the aftermath of losing a parent or losing a, a loved one and how that can affect, let's say, different members of the family or different people around them in totally different ways. The other thing that I I don't know it seemed to it seemed to be clear to me, or at least the way I was kind of my read on the film is that the hand, the game, even the like culture around the game, like hey we got to keep it a secret or hey you know you can't tell people or like you're too young, to, like I felt like this was like big time metaphor for like drugs. I caught that right. Yep, yep. absolutely. And whether it's like hey this is something we only do at a party. Or something we don't tell people about, or you know. <laughs> yeah, or if you go too far with it, you know, you can get out of hand, uh, or you won't want to come keep coming back to it. You know, I kinda, just felt like there was a big, yeah, kind of like how it follows it with yeah sex. That's right. Yeah. Um, I felt talk to me was doing with drugs, that's and a, uh, trying yeah. it out, and then getting addicted to that feeling, and that's right, trying to limit yourself to. I can control this, uh-huh. you know, until you take it too far and then you're hooked. Yeah. And and wanting to come back to it as a as what you believe is a way to help you through something. Yeah. When it's really not, it's probably hurting you or going to kill you, you know? Yeah. It seemed like it was more in line with something like the sixth sense to me, where it's it's dealing with some deeper, like traumatic issues with families and personal, you know, struggles. And it doesn't get too far into, like, really graphic or gory, you know, horror elements. Yeah. So. So I got to say, you're being really kind to this movie. Um, I I really, I'll start by saying I um, respect and enjoy A24. Uh-huh. I did not like this movie. At all? No. Okay. Okay. No. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I um they got on my nerves. Really? Yeah. Um I mean everything you're saying makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh I saw the drug mm-hmm. metaphor angle. Yeah. Uh but I felt like someone put a bunch of cool ideas. Really? You know, of like what if there's this person sucking on a foot? What if there we have this kind of ugly monster looking thing uh-huh. without explanation. Uh there's a lot of things that didn't connect for me. Okay. You know, and one major thing, uh, like let's say the difference between It Follows and this film, uh-huh. 
I liked the main characters and it follows. I cared for them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mia got on my nerves. So, okay. That is a, an important point and you're right. I didn't like her. I didn't like her choices. I didn't like, I was on the family side of oh, really? keep her away. <laughs> she is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know what's, what was on the other side of that hand, you know, and you eventually you find out sure, but yeah. the things that led up to that didn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, they, they had the montage music. Everyone's trying the hand party. Yeah. You know, yeah. And yeah. everyone's having a good time, having fun. That took the frightening part aspect of it away from me. That's suddenly. what connected me to the drug theme, let's say. Yeah. Like, it disconnected okay. me from it being a respectable horror film at that moment. Okay. And I was kind of yeah. like, the, they're playing with this ghostly thing. Yeah. But everyone's laughing and having fun. Like, on a Ouija board, I get it because there's always the potential that someone's faking it. Sure. Okay. You know? Yeah. And then in a horror film, there's the potential that it's a ghost or a demon. Mm -hmm. In this film, it was clear there was something paranormal happening. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. So yeah. we should be scared and be staying scared throughout that whole time. But that's what. But that's what I was saying at the beginning. Like I, I guess I took it as like, okay, I have to readjust my thinking about what is supposed to scare these kids i get it you got to give into the like willingness of, or the have willful to, suspension of disbelief you kind of have to buy in a little into bit into that world uh, and i get it because there's something to be said about all the messed up stuff we see like on tiktok sure or on instagram mm -hmm. and then your reaction to that is either to give it a like a dislike or swipe to the next <laughs> thing you yeah, know yeah like oh man that guy just got his head cut off swipe yeah oh look what's selling at this store now right so yeah you're looking at some paranormal stuff mm -hmm. and i get it the outside world is probably thinking this is the fakest thing ever right you know also is there only one hand or are there multiple hands out there in the world? You yeah. Know? And, and <laughs> yes, to your point then, yeah. It's like, where did, how did this all start? Like whose hand is it? Yeah. Where'd the hand, who, who found the hand? Right. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. These videos, are they just part of a chat group or are they on the social media? <laughs> right, so right, right. If it was a chat group, then I'd get it. Okay. I can see uh, that. This yeah. thing should have been maintained as just kind of like a secret, you know, uh -huh. like if someone had been like, Hey, you guys, you know, and someone just brought it out. Mm -hmm. Sure. But, if you're also trying to tell a good story, it that's failed true. for me. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know? I see that. Look, I mean, that's that's the idea here is sometimes these films work, sometimes they don't. Yeah, and sometimes. I wanted to like it, you know. And But I, I guess I also saw, like, after Day 24 won a bunch of awards, oh. they started promoting this one. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, kinda, I got excited. I was like, kind of oh, scoop okay, it in cool. with Yeah, the, you know. <laughs> I see. <laughs> So, all right. So that's not a recommendation for you. Not for me. Okay. No, you could pass. <laughs> and even me personally, I mean, it was fine. Um, I don't know that I'd recommend it before the other two films we saw. I think uh, After Sun is probably the strongest in terms of the real yes. emotional uh, layers that it's trying to get to. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is... It's somewhat fun. It's somewhat entertaining, at least. And once you kind of understand the whole premise, uh, then it all kind of really connects and makes sense. Yeah. This one, I feel like it, yeah, you're right. It has some good ideas. And and to me, I, like I said, I went in like, all right, I don't really understand. I, there's something about this film I'm not understanding. So I'm just going to readjust my thinking. This <laughs> and maybe been... by that I mean lower my expectations <laughs> yeah I, that, I had to do that yeah you know but even when i did that it wasn't enough for me okay you know i'm okay. not saying it's a bad film there's yeah, a yeah. lot of potential here yeah yeah like there's there was a lot of things that were working sure sure even a, let's say you know i won't give away the ending but the ending mm -hmm. it works i think yes. it would have worked on a short film right or if if that would have that ending would have been maybe in the middle that's where sometimes you know. a film, and, I, and I've probably talked about a few uh, previously, but a film can really be a struggle to get through. One, because the characters, one, or yeah. because of the story, or even just the production. Like, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't really hold together. Yeah. But there's some great ideas, and especially, like, there's a real kind of zinger at the end. You're like, oh, well, damn, why didn't, you know, why didn't you, like, really build on that? Yeah. Um, this one has a, it does have an interesting kind of, uh, what is it, like a, it kind of circles back on itself in a way. I, I don't know if that's the right kind of, way to say I, it. but I think they always, that ending was always in mind, mm. but how to get there, 
I think they weren't sure how. Okay. Which yeah. is why it led to these things that didn't make sense sure. to me. Like sure. when you hold the hand, are you being possessed by somebody? You right. know, um, it, is it a demonic force? Is it somebody that has passed away tragically? Right. What does that sure. to say about the afterlife? You yeah. know, I mean, right. not, it didn't have to go that far. Right, right, right. But you want to understand a little bit of what the other side what of this. What the rules are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that is Talk to Me. All right. So, look, um, that was uh, that was a, a small selection of recent films from A24. And we've kind of talked around it a little bit. But I think that is something uh, we should point out is that we talked, you and I talked mm -hmm. about A24 and what they've been doing in recent years or even throughout the years now. Because they, they've been around for 10 Ten years or so. Um, I think they started up when um, with Moonlight. What was that? Twenty sixteen. But they may have been around longer than I, that. Well, because I remember like, Spring Breakers. I think that was the first. That was them. Okay. Yeah, you're I right. I think that was about ten years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was really their first kind of production or, or film that they put out. But um, yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this what maybe a couple months ago, just mm -hmm. hanging out talking about A twenty four and like the films that they've been doing and. You know, I look through the slate of all their films to date, and I didn't realize, like, all of these, uh, there's so many I counted there. I'm like, these are, like, up there yeah. for me, like, in terms of films that I enjoyed or really kind of were impressed by. I mean, like, I, I wish I had the list up in front of me, but I, some of them I remember. We talked about, like, Uncut Gems yeah. or even Good Time before that with the Safdie brothers yep. really kind of just bursting onto the scene yeah. with those films. But the green night, uh, moonlight, green night, moonlight. Yeah, um, Cause they started off as a, dis a distributor. Right. And then started doing, uh, eventually led into production mm -hmm. and now they're doing television with yeah. beef on Netflix. That's right. Uh, well, they even did, did they do euphoria or am I, you might be right. Um, They've done some of these shows that are, mm -hmm. I feel like, kind of pushing some envelopes yeah. in terms of what you might expect from television or streamers. They or definitely whatever. know how to brand. Aside of also, you know, picking great, interesting material mm -hmm. and creating it. Um, I mean, I see people wearing the shirts and hats. Yeah. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, okay, you know. they're having fun with their their logo too. I mean, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. When the trailer starts a 24 is all in like those Google eyes yeah, yeah. all around. And then, um, talk to me, the hand turns into the oh, a 24, yeah. it shapes into it. Right. Um, I, and, and I, I like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it. it's, it's a, a, a company or, or a studio that is from, from what I can see, putting their, the work above their brand, mm -hmm. you know, and you see like bigger, Studios, Warner Brothers or, or Universal, whatever, they try to do that. But that's only in recent years, like in the last 20 or 25 years. Yeah. But those companies have been around for 100 years. Yeah. You know? yeah. So here to see a new company that's like, look, you know the name. And you know what we're doing. Enjoy the films instead. Don't worry about you know what our brand is. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's always interesting to watch that happen because when the work does really shine Every, everything everywhere all at once or um moonlight you know these these films that have gotten to the top in they terms swept of the oscars this yeah. past year yeah. uh they got all the main categories right. uh, best picture uh director all the um, cast yeah the cast you know? yeah so it's it's interesting to see that kind of journey in in a studio in an organization that is all about I, or at least from what I see, the the creativity in the work and the quality of the work. And, you know, these films, I, I don't know that these would be at the top of my A24 list, mm -hmm. but I feel like they're still going in the right direction. Yep. Because I, I feel like that's something that I wanted to talk about A24 and, and knowing that you had a similar interest, mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, cool, let's do that. Let's talk about some of these films. But getting back to the festival and what you guys are doing with that, Let's talk about those films. Let's talk about those filmmakers and what they're doing next or what they've done in the past, you know? Yeah. 
because I'm all for that, like shine a light on it. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, uh, all right. Well, hey, man, how'd you, how do you feel? Were we Did we get through these films? Did we talk about them enough? I think so. <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so, look, if you, uh, you want to hear some previous episodes, check out filmstreak.com. You can find other episodes. You can subscribe. I have a list that I put on IMDb where I keep track of all these films. So make it handy for you. You can go there and see if they're available to stream or if they're still in theaters, buy tickets. Uh, you can add them to your own list. Make your own watch list. I know some people use Letterboxd. Do you use Letterboxd? I don't. I didn't even know you can make your own list on IMDb, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. i got to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is I saw other people making lists. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you can just make a list and make it public so you can share it with people. That's cool. And so I do that. And as long as the film is in IMDb, I'll add it to the list. Um, and that way... Like keep them in order. It's it's helpful for me, but yeah. it's helpful for anybody listening to go check it out and add it to your own watch list, or you can rate them, write a review. I try to stay away from that, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like just short of like YouTube comments. I'm I like, mm, I, yeah. I think I'm good. I'd rather do this <laughs> instead. Yeah, this yeah. feels more uh, more like what I would say when I'm talking about a movie. Yeah, you know. But yeah, that's that's another handy thing for you if you're listening, if you want to check some of these out. So, Pedro, I don't know about you. Um, I'm going to try and stay cool because it's blazing hot these Absolutely, days. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you, I mean, you stay cool. You're always cool, but, you know, <laughs> stay cool anyway. Well, we try to have the festival when it's cool as well in March. Oh, that's right. you have to deal with all that Houston heat. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, um, and speaking of the festival, again, thanks to you, thanks to David and Dave uh, for all all you do with the festival and all the volunteers, everybody that I've gotten to know through the festival, been really cool, really down to earth. And I mentioned it in the previous episodes that we did here, but if you ever come to the festival, for anybody listening, if you're in Houston, come to the festival, just check some things out, say hi to people. Yeah. I mean, you guys are real... You know, real down to earth and humble. Super approachable. Yeah, yeah. I like to think. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I get the sense that if you've never been to a film festival, which in the Houston area, Mm -hmm. I I can imagine that's a lot of people that they don't maybe know what to expect or what what they're really going to see. But the idea of being able to come here, and even if you just come to hang out, you can come to watch the films, do that, but also. You have other things going on during yep. the during the screenings too, so absolutely, uh, it's good to just kind of be in the in the scene here and and see what people are doing. I mean, you can meet filmmakers here, or just meet people that love talking about movies. Absolutely, right? yeah. So, all right, um, let's get out of here, man. All right, man, because uh, it's hot. <laughs> I need some water. Uh, so, look, guys, um, thanks for listening, and uh, go watch something new. <laughs> <laughs>